thinking it doesn't stop. But we ask the question, who is the master of our plans? Am I the master of my own plans? Or is God the master of our plans? And next week we're going to talk about family. But I get to spend the next few moments together talking about the title. I'm not going to tell you. But this week is an incredible week in Ireland. Do you know why? We have great weather. Yeah. Like, we're in Ireland. Look at, like, sorry, look at this, right? Put on the next slide. That's Navam. This is Blanchardstown. Look at this. If we, 32 degrees, I would be, I would, how annoyed would you be if you went on holiday this week knowing that back home in Ireland we are having 30 degree weather? Isn't that phenomenal? And normally we have these warning signs, but those warning signs mean it's going to be rainy, it's going to be a lot of wind, it's going to be terrible weather. But this week, this means that the weather's going to be too hot. Has anyone ever experienced weather too hot in Ireland? Never. So I get the privilege this week to talk about the weather because for once it is phenomenal. And when we think about good weather, we think about the summer and we think about our holidays. And one thing that I think of and the theme of today is rest. When we think of good weather, we think of holidays, we think of summer, we think of rest. We work all year, we work hard, and we wait till summer when we get the two days of good weather and so we can rest. And a picture that I have in my head when I think about rest. Neva's already said it. It's this beautiful picture like this. Would anyone like to be there right now? We've got sunshine. We've got the beach. We've got no work. We've got no distractions. Someone is looking after the kids. We've got unlimited food. We've got unlimited drink. This is the life. I would love to be there. Right, well, actually, I wouldn't because Ireland has 32 degrees. Did I say that already? Yeah. Ireland has 32 degrees, everyone. Wear your shorts. And people in Ireland go mad with hot weather, don't they? We get the barbecue out when it's hot weather. We decide if we have plans inside, can we move those plans outside? We uh, just go crazy. We run to the beach. And we normally have staff meeting tomorrow. But thankfully, we have a great, we have great team as our staff. And we decided that we're going to move our staff day to a colder day of the week. I think that's a great plan. So as staff, we've got tomorrow off. We're going to spend time together and enjoy the, maybe the only good day of the year. So thank you, staff. Thank you, Pastor Sam and Pastor Jamie, for allowing us some sunshine. So we just go mad as Irish people. There was a group, the band and some of the production team went out yesterday um, to Pars Court Waterfall. Give me a cheer if you were there. Well, sounds like great fun. Uh, so they were there because it was sunny. People just want to get in the car, go somewhere when it's sunny. And we have this idea that this is rest. This going on holiday, this sitting on the beach, this eating and drinking under the sun. We think this is rest. But actually we've bought into the cultural myth that rest is an event. That we think rest is this one-off thing that we do every summer that we work all year round when it gets to summer it's an event that we can stop and we can rest and Neve's already mentioned it as well and I would have loved those masks because I love the spa does anyone love the spa like that is my perfect day out okay me and Anna love going to the spa and there's we have our favorite spa that we like to go to it has saunas it has steam rooms it has swimming pools it even has a snow room. 
a snow room, so you rub it and rejuvenate your skin, all, all those other health benefits. But I just love to relax. Water beds, it's got outdoor hot tubs, it's got plunge pools, it's got everything. That is my dream day. And this is a picture of it. I love being there. And we go once a year because we love it so much. And when you're there, you feel like you're walking on clouds. You're relaxed. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Life is great, and you're walking on air, but you have to go home. And you have to step back into the reality, back into the grind. And when you felt like you were walking on clouds, soon becomes, it feels like you're walking on Lego. And this event is gone. And what we normally have as an event slowly dwindles. And it made me realize the race is less of an event and more of a discipline. If rest is an event, we slowly dwindle down to be walking on Lego again. Whereas we want to be walking on clouds all the time. And how do we do that? We make rest a rhythm. We make rest a discipline. So it's not just a one year at a time. That we go from one summer to the next, this is my time to rest. But actually, it's not an event. It's more of a discipline. We need to be disciplined in our rest. We're not our best when we're not rested. Maybe you get a little bit irritated when you're not rested. Maybe you get a little bit snobby when you're... Maybe you get a little bit irritated, short-tempered. Maybe you're just not fun to be around when you're not rested. We are not our best when we're rested. And actually, science shows that. It shows us that rest is vital for better mental health, increased concentration and memory, a healthier immune system, reduced stress, improved mood and an even better metabolism all these health benefits come from rest we're not our best when we're not rested and science shows us that, that there's so many health benefits to our rest but the question is what robs us from our rest what's robbing your rest surely it'd be perfect if we could be rested all the time life would be perfect we'd be walking on clouds We'd be rested, we'd have less stress, all those health benefits. But there's things in our life that rob us from our rest. And I want to bring up my two beautiful volunteers. One has a fresh face mask on, um, so he's going to be smiling up here. Come on up, lad. Um, I want to show you this. This is you. This, you are a bucket. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're a bucket. That's not a great compliment to give someone. But this can be a representation of our life. Our lives can be like this bucket. But our bucket has holes in it. Okay. And this is our rest bucket. We fill our lives up with rest. So we're relaxing. We're chilling. We're hanging out. We're going to the spa. The sun's good. We've got our hobbies. We're relaxing. And we're trying to keep refilling our rest bucket. But there's things in our life that are robbing our rest and stop us from having a full rest bucket. This is what life looks like. If it's an event, they just leave again. So it's our, we have to learn this discipline of rest because the water's draining out. And that's like our rest. We try and refill it as often as possible, but it keeps draining. So we're going to look at some things that rob us from our rest. So these holes that we find, these are the things that are robbing us from our rest. You can just leave that bucket there. That would be great. 
So we, this is our lives, and we're, things are robbing us from our rest. And what are those things? Maybe you have a bad mattress. Maybe you feel the springs in your back. Maybe it squeaks every time you breathe. It goes... <laughs> no one's getting to sleep with that. Or maybe you're tall like me, right? Unless you go to a hotel or stay in someone's house or whatever. The worst thing for me is having wood or metal at the end of the bed. Because I'm too tall, okay? I need my feet to hang over the bed. So if there's wood, my feet are just hitting off that wood. If there's metal, I have to sort of find, get my feet in between the metal so it works out that way. And it doesn't give you a great sleep. So maybe you've got a bad mattress. Or maybe technology is robbing your rest. Maybe you just spend all the time on technology and all our phones have notifications and we're, all of it's just trying to get our attention. Whether that's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Be Real, or Notes app, or emails, or notes, or news, whatever that may be. We've got so many notifications coming our way to try and grab our attention. And the stat says normally the average person gets between 65 and 80 notifications a day. But I looked at mine last week, and the lowest that I got last week was 130 notifications on one day. And I have my Facebook and my, uh, my Instagram notifications turned off. So that 130 doesn't even include my social media accounts. So that's a lot of time just looking at my phone and picking it up and scrolling. Maybe you find yourself scrolling, and what you thought was going to be five minutes turns into 10 turns into 30, turns into an hour, and before you know it, you've spent two hours just doom scrolling, just looking through useless information, scrolling through, you don't know what you're actually looking at, you're not taking anything in, and you're just scrolling and scrolling, and that takes our time and our energy away. Kerry Newhoff, who's a Christian author, says this, like money, social media is a great servant, but a terrible master. I love technology. I love that it helps us so much. I love Alexa. I love smart products. So for me, I use my smart products as a servant. It helps me. Instead of walking across the room, I can just say, Alexa, turn the light on. And the light turns on. Or I say, Alexa, turn the hoover on. And I have a wee robot hoover. And it just goes all the way around the house. And it hoovers up for me. So for me, I love technology. But it can also be a terrible... Master, imagine you left the house without your phone. It'd be the end of the world. How could people contact me? What if I need to do this? What if I need to do that? We would freak out if we left the house without our phones. And technology is good, but it also distracts us and stops us from properly resting. Or another thing that robs us from our rest is busyness. Maybe you love being busy. And maybe you've said this in a conversation. Oh, how are you doing? And you've said, I, I'm keeping busy. If you ever use that line, I'm keeping busy. Or maybe, I've, I said it this morning, I, I'm keeping busy. And we use all these different phrases. Next slide. I, I'm keeping busy. Or some of us use the phrase, I'll rest when I'm dead. Because we're so busy, we'll think, oh, I'll rest when I'm dead. Or there's no rest for the wicked. Yep, we've used that one before. Or my diary is full to the brim. We love to tell people how busy we are. Oh, I've had a busy week. Oh, I've had a busy month. Oh, my diary's full. Ah, oh, sure, I'll rest when I'm dead. 
We use all these phrases in ordinary life because we wear it as a medal. We love looking busy. But actually, busyness does not equal productivity. Some of us look busy, but are we actually busy? And there's some personality tests that you can take. We, as a staff, use one called an Enneagram test. And it splits you up into nine different personalities. And I am a number nine. And one of the biggest things about a number nine is we love being busy, but we're not always productive. So when I was writing this message, which was due for today, I was also writing stuff for youth that's due for September, which is like months away, but yet I'm busy trying to do things, but it's not priority. It's not needed right now. So as a number nine, that's one of our struggles. We love being busy, but we're not always productive. Or maybe you're an Enneagram number three. Threes look, like to look busy. Maybe that's you. Maybe you like to look busy. Or maybe you know someone who's good at that. They look busy, but actually when you look at what they've done, they actually haven't done anything. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're an Enneagram number three, or you know an Enneagram number three, and they're the ones that love to look busy. But there's this word, and it's a short word, and it gets us in trouble. It gets us out of our rest. It keeps us busy. And it's the word, yes. How often do we say yes to put ourselves into things, to give ourselves more work? Oh, will you work overtime? Yeah, 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 I'll do it. Oh, will you do that for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you do this? Yeah, will you do that? Yeah. And the more times we say yes, the more things we've got to do, which means the less time we have to rest. So this word gets us out of rest all the time. So learning to rest is learning to say no. No to the overtime. No to keeping busy, no to all the outside things that you don't really need to do so that you can rest more. Or maybe anxiety, maybe anxiety is robbing you of rest. Maybe you've got all these thoughts and feelings in your head and you're thinking, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Or you just don't know where to start. Or maybe you've got FOMO, fear of missing out. So actually you can't rest because you don't want to miss out on what other people are doing. So when you should be resting, your head's thinking, I wonder what my friends are doing. I wonder what my family are doing. I wonder what they're doing. And you're on their social media, seeing what other people are doing. Because you have FOMO. Our anxiety and our worry, we're worrying about, what if, if I don't do it, what's going to happen? And you try and take control over that. Or maybe you just think you don't deserve a rest. Who am I? My parents worked from nine to nine at night. They had three jobs. They worked so hard, night and day. So who am I to take a break? Who am I to rest? And sometimes we get that in our head that we don't deserve a rest. Or lastly, comparison. Comparison robs us from our rest. We try and think, well, people might think we're rude because we weren't there to help them. People might think we're lazy if we rest. People might label us as a, they're no help, they're always resting. So we compare ourselves and also we try and keep up with the Joneses. No one knows who the Joneses are, but we keep up with the Joneses. We work hard, we try and make more money, we try and buy more things, we try and look more wealthy, we try and look more, we try and look better than we are because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses and that robs us from our rest. So all these things are robbing us from our rest. Maybe it's as simple as a bad mattress, technology, busyness, anxiety, comparison. All these things are the holes in our buckets that's robbing us from our rest. But today I want to look at how can we ensure that our rest bucket doesn't get empty? 
How do we ensure that we keep the levels in our rest bucket full? And I want to look at a story that's found in Mark 6, all about Jesus and his disciples, and how he told them to rest. So if you're a Christ follower in here, and Jesus is telling his disciples to rest, that should be alarm bells for us. Because we're thinking, right, if Jesus is telling his disciples to rest, I'm talking about the importance of rest, there should be alarm bells ringing, being like, right, I need to listen to what Jesus is saying here about rest. So Jesus is taking his disciples and teaching them all about rest. But in Mark 6, we see the disciples, and they have holes in their bucket as well. There's things that's draining their rest. They're busy. It tells us at the start of Mark chapter 6 that the disciples were sent out into different villages, into different towns, and they were told to preach and to heal people and to just work in those villages. So they were busy. Have you ever felt busy? These disciples just went out. They were preaching. They were healing. They were doing all the kinds of work that they needed to do. And they were busy. And that was taking away some of their rest. But they were also worried. It tells us that they were told not to take any bread. Don't take an extra bag with you. Don't take any money with you. Don't take any extra clothes with you. Trust in God. So they were worried. Where is our next meal going to come from? Where are we going to sleep tonight? Are we actually going to survive this? Have you ever been worried and asked yourselves those questions? Where am I going to live? Our rent, myself and Anna's rent, finished and we didn't have anywhere to go. There's no houses in Navan. There's, there's pretty much no houses in Ireland. And it's so difficult to find a house. So if it wasn't for our friends, we wouldn't have somewhere to go right now. And maybe that's a worry for you. Where am I going to go next? How am I going to get through this? Maybe you're worrying about what's going to happen. That's where the disciples find themselves. How are we going to, how are we going to survive this? How am I going to eat? Where am I going to stay? And that's what they were worried about. Or hunger was taken away from the rest. It said after they came back, they all came together. They were telling Jesus about all the amazing things that they did. But there was such a massive crowd that they didn't have time to eat. And I know I've met people that are hangry. That they get a little bit iffy when they haven't had their food. They get a little bit irritable because they haven't had their food. And that robs us from our rest. All we're thinking about is food. Do you know anyone like that? All they think about is food and you, there's no talking to them and they can't focus on anything else but food. So this is how the disciples are feeling. They're busy, they're worried, and they're hungry. Because they've just been and been doing all the work that they've been asked to do. So maybe that's you. Maybe you've worked all year long. Maybe you've worked from September right up until July here. And now this is your time to rest. Maybe that's how you see life as rest is just the summer period where we can slow down a bit, go on our holiday, and that's it. But this is what it says in Mark 6, 31 and 32. It says, then because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. This is when they were all coming to tell Jesus what happened. He, which is Jesus, said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. What an invitation from Jesus. Come away with me and get some rest. Who would love to go right now to a quiet place and get some rest? If you were offered a free trip to just get some peace and quiet, I would be the first person to go. We all love a bit of peace and quiet. But why did Jesus 
ask them to come with me and rest. Because they just had a period of busyness. They were working and they were preaching and they were healing. And Jesus knew what was coming next. There was something that was going to happen and they were going to be busy again. So Jesus knew that instead of going from busyness to busyness, they needed rest. And we often do that. We go from busyness to busyness, busyness to busyness, week after week, day after day. And there's no time to rest. We need to rest ourselves in the middle. And Jesus loved to rest. He prioritized rest. And we'll see that throughout the story. But I want to look at five ways that we can keep our bucket full. We want to keep our rest bucket full. So we want to look at five ways to keep our rest bucket full. And if you want to follow along in the Bible app, you can go on to the YouVersion Bible app. And you will find all our notes there. And you can follow along on the YouVersion Bible app. So the first thing we can do to ensure our bucket is full is to make a plan. If it's not planned, it's not a priority. If it's not planned, it's not a priority. And so often, what is important, we plan. We plan birthdays, we plan weddings, we plan reunions, we plan dates. If it's important to us, we plan it. Have you ever bumped into a friend and you had a quick conversation and you've said, oh, we should meet up for a coffee, but you didn't give a time, you didn't give a date, and you didn't give a place. So you didn't plan it, so what became a good intention just became a nice idea. Oh, we should meet up, but if it's not planned, it's not going to happen. So if it's planned, it's a priority. So what we should do with our rest is we should make a plan. Benjamin Franklin the inventor and author said, fail to plan, plan to fail. If we fail to plan, if we don't put a plan in place, then we plan to fail. We set ourselves up for failure. So what way can you plan rest this week or today? How are you going to plan your rest? Put it in the calendar. Make it a non-negotiable. Say, this is my time for rest. This is my time that I'm going to sit and be still. Or do a hobby. Or just have some time to process everything that's going on in my life. So what are you going to do this week to make a plan? The second thing we can do to make sure our buckets are full is to be still. Be still. And this world is telling us we need to keep busy. You need to be learning new languages. You need to be learning how to invest money. You need to be learning how to create a side hustle to get more money in. You need to be striving for more. But it's so important to just be still. And so often it's a struggle for us to be still because it takes faith to be still. When we're still, we take the reins of our own life and place it in someone else's. And if you're a Christ follower, we have this great assurance that when we take our hands off the reins, God takes the reins. God is in control of our lives. But if you don't follow Jesus today, who controls your life when you're resting? And maybe you don't know, so you don't rest because you want to try and control everything yourself. But for Christ followers, we know that we can trust in God because he has a great plan for our lives. And our last series that we looked at was Secret Sauce. And in our last series, Secret Sauce, we looked at the power of daily devotion, the power of spending time daily with God, and the power that has in our lives. 
So as Christ followers, we want to encourage you to keep doing that. We want to say, keep spending time with God, keep getting to know him, keep soaking, keep doing all the things we talked about in our last series. But for everyone, Christ follower or non-Christ follower, being still is great for our mental health. We have so many messages coming at us. We have so many opinions, ideas, thoughts, dreams. that we don't even know where to start. We don't know what to think sometimes. So for our mental health, it's so important to just sit down, if it's every day or regularly, just to sit and be still, take stock, process what has happened, process if you've gone through something, process if you're going to go through something, but take time every day to just be still for your mental health. Or if you're a Christ follower, to be still and know God. There's this amazing verse in Psalm 46, and it says, Be still and know that I'm your God. So David, King David, we know from the Old Testament, he's famous for defeating Goliath. He was a king, and he had loads of stress going on and many things. But in Psalm 46, he was telling God how amazing he is. You are my refuge and strength. You're my rock. You're my supporter. I can only do this because of you. And there's this amazing verse in First Tense. says, Be still and know that I'm God. What David's saying here is when we rest and we give the reins to God, we will know God. When we spend time with him, we become more like him. We will know what he's like, but actually be still and know that I am God. Be still and see that I am your God. God will take control of your life when you rest and he will show you that he is God. He will do incredible things in your life, even more incredible than we could ever ask, think or imagine. So when we are still, we know that he is God because we give him the reins. And maybe you're not a Christ follower today and that's what scares you. What if I give the reins over to God? What if I give control of my life to God? What would my life look like? And I want to encourage you that God has an incredible plan for your life. You have a purpose for your life. And the dreams that we have for our lives, the, all the money we want to make, all the things we want to accomplish, God has even more for you. He has more for you. So when we hand him the reins, you will know that he is God. He will show you that he is God and you will know that he is God because of all the incredible things that he does. So how can we be still this week? Is it in the car on the way to work? Maybe you like to go on a walk and just be by yourself and be still. Maybe it's at night before everyone, after everyone goes to bed. Maybe it's in the morning uh, with your cup of coffee. What does your quiet place look like? Find a space that's quiet that you can process all your emotions, all your feelings and be still with God. Another way we can ensure that our bucket is full is to set a boundary. So what is a boundary? A boundary is it helps keep good things in and it helps keep bad things out. So we set boundaries to keep the good things in and the bad things out. It's also like sport or a game. Every game has rules. Every game has boundaries. And it's like driving. Every lane has boundaries. Because if we didn't have rules, if we didn't have lanes, we would just go crazy. It would be chaotic. Imagine playing a game of football, a game of rugby, whatever sport you're into, without any rules. Well, one team's going to be kicking the ball into the net. Well, I'm going to be grabbing it. I'm going to be kicking people. I'm going to be doing whatever it takes to get the ball into the net. 
But that's not the rules. We need rules so that we don't go chaotic. We all need boundaries in life because they keep us in line and they stop us, stop us fearing off the edge. It stops us from going off the side because our natural instinct is to just fear off and go back into busyness. So I'm maybe in a car. I've, dro I've been to Malawi twice. And driving in Malawi, there's not as many boundaries as there is here. When you drive in Ireland, there's a lane, and you sort of stay in your lane. But when we were driving in Malawi, it was just wherever the road was flat. There was no real boundaries. There was just, if it's flat, you drive on it. If there's a car coming, you just sort of stay at the side. There's less boundaries, but we know where we need to drive in Ireland because of the boundaries. But we also need boundaries for rest, because if not, we will fear off the edge. When we try and go towards rest, our national nash, natural instinct is to just fear back into busyness. So if we're not careful and set up good boundaries, then we'll fear off the edge if we're not rested. And our next series coming up in August is called Guardrails. Nobody needs one until you do. So we're going to be looking at boundaries. We're going to be looking at things that we can put in place to stop us fearing off the edge. Things that will keep us in line. Things that we can do to keep us rested and not fear off into busyness again. But I want to go back to the story of Mark 6. And Jesus had boundaries too. So as the, all the disciples were coming back and saying, Jesus, we've seen this incredible thing. Jesus, look at this. We did this. We did that. So as they were all together, so many people bombarded them that they couldn't have a conversation. They couldn't rest. They couldn't eat. So Jesus says, come with me to a quiet place and we will rest. And that baffles some people's mind. Are you saying Jesus left people behind? Are you saying that they, it looks like they're being selfish and they took themselves to a quiet place to rest? But Jesus had boundaries because he knew, because he was God, he knew what was going to come. And after the verses that we read in Mark 6, we see that Jesus performed a miracle. He fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. But when we say he fed 5,000 people, we mean 5,000 men. So we get estimate that there could have been 15,000 people that Jesus fed that day. Can you imagine how difficult it is to one feed 15,000 people, but also just to organize that many people? So Jesus, seeing that this was going to come and knew that his disciples had already had a busy season and they were going to go into this busy season, have to organize all these people, have to do all, distribute the food, all these things that we read in Mark 6. But Jesus had boundaries and he said that we need to rest before we go into the next thing. So maybe if they didn't have that rest, would they have been able to organize that many people? Could they distribute the food? Would they have been able to do everything Jesus asked them to do because they weren't rested? So Jesus set boundaries and says, we need to rest because I see a busy season coming. And like us, we can plan our rest like we already said. And maybe you see a busy season coming up. Oh, well, I've got deadlines and work and the kids need to get their uniform and they're starting back. You can say, well, I'm going to plan rest just before that. So that when all the deadlines come, all the worries come, I'm well rested and ready to go. Dr. Henry Cloud, who's an author from America, says this, a boundary shows me where I am and someone else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership. Knowing what I own and take responsibility for, it gives me freedom. 
when we give ourselves a boundary, we know what we should do and what others should do. It's a bit like being on a plane when you get the safety announcement and they say, when the oxygen comes down, sort yourself out first and then help other people. When we have boundaries, we can say that I need to sort myself out so that I can help others. And so often we think that's selfish, we think that's just being all about self, but actually we're not good for other people when we're not rested. So how can you set boundaries? Maybe you're, you're a parent and kids are great, but they control everything. Maybe you need boundaries around dating. Maybe you just need to say, do you know what, when the kids go to bed, this is our time for rest. So often we give all the energy to the kids and then there's none left for your partner, your spouse, your girlfriend, whoever that may be in your life. Maybe you need boundaries around that. Maybe you need boundaries about your own free time. Maybe you just need to say, do you know what, I'm going to take that day off. And so often when we have a day off now, we think, what else can I do on that day off? I can work, I can find another job, I can get a side hustle. And we think, how can we work on our day off? But actually, we need some boundaries on our day off to actually have a day off and rest. And we need to find some time out for ourselves, which leads us to the fourth thing, have a hobby. Have a hobby. It's not a sin to have a hobby. Sometimes we think, oh, we can spend too much time on our hobby, and it gets away in the way of God. And sometimes if we're, we can stray to that unhealthy side, but having a hobby is good for you. Where do you go? What do you do to decompress? What is your mechanism for doing that? I love playing football, but I can't be competitive. I just want to go, have fun, kick a ball. I don't want to be like, oh, you stand there, and if he runs that way, then you have to run that way. That's too much planning for me. just want to stand there, kick a ball, and have a laugh. That's how I decompress. Or what I also love to do is like build like Ikea furniture or Lego or just follow instructions. So you just have to do this, do this, do this, and I get the final product. I love that. Obviously, I'm not going every day and buying Ikea furniture just so I can rest. That would be mad. Or Lego, because Lego's mad expensive too. But this is how I find rest. I just find it easy to sit down. Someone tells me, do this, do this, do this, and you'll get this. I just find that restful for me. Maybe you're thinking... I hate Ikea furniture. Have you ever been there with Ikea furniture and you put a hole in it because you're so angry? That brings me rest and football also brings me rest. But what is your hobby? We're so bad at having hobbies. Like if we asked ourselves, what is my hobby? What do I do to decompress? Winston Churchill, who was British Prime Minister during the war, I'm sure he was busy, he was worried, he was tired, but he said to be truly refreshed you have to have two or three hobbies, and they must be real. He had some stress in his life. He was busy. He was worried. But he said to be truly refreshed, you have to have two or three hobbies. To even have one. What is your hobby? And that, that's what I love about our connect groups at Lighthouse. There's so many activity groups that you can take a part of, and that can fuel your hobby. We have a football connect group in Dublin. So that feeds... My rest, that feeds my hobby. There's a crafting connect group. Maybe you're all into craft and that is how, that's your hobby. Why not join our crafting connect group? Maybe you just love a barbecue. Making food, eating food. Maybe that's your hobby where it's a barbecue group. Or maybe there's a connect group. There's not one that has your hobby in it. 
Why don't you start a connect group with your hobby? There's some people in church that love like Taekwondo and Judah and martial arts. Why not start a connect group? Because I'm sure there's more people that have that hobby in mind. Or whatever hobby you have. I used to play water polo. So I could start a water polo group. Anyone want to join a water polo group? No? Oh, we've got two people. We need six for each team. But that's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. So why not join a connect group when they start back again in September? Or start your own connect group with your hobby? Because hobbies are amazing. They let us be truly refreshed. They give us real rest. And the last thing we can do to make sure our bucket is full is to enjoy rest. You don't have to be guilty about resting. How often have you sat down on the sofa and thought, I could be doing something else here. Or when I'm playing football, oh, well, I've got a to-do list to do. I should really be going through that. We shouldn't be guilty about rest. God knows that we need rest. And he wants us rested. Because enjoying rest allows you to enjoy life. Now, working nine to five, going home, getting your dinner, putting your feet up for a few minutes, and then going to bed and doing that. That's so mundane, so boring, it's so black and white. Hobbies and rest add a bit of color into your life. They add a bit of flair into your life, add a bit of spice into your life. They add something different to your boring, mundane nine to five job. But we don't want to keep the color of life just this summer. This is a discipline, this is a rhythm that we want to build into our life. So we should be resting, preferably every day, some silence every day, weekly rest, monthly rest, and also those yearly rest. We're not knocking holidays. Two weeks holiday abroad is great. But if you ever went on a holiday and then came back and needed another holiday, and unpacking takes just as long as you spend on holiday to get the house back in order when you came home from holiday. So holidays are great. Holidays add a bit of adventure into life. But it, it shouldn't just be our only rest we have each year. Let's build a discipline and a system and a rhythm of rest in our lives. And rest doesn't need to be complicated. It's actually powerful because when we take our hands off the reins, God takes them off us. And he directs us. He guides us. He shows us that he is God and that he is good. So it's not passive. It's powerful. And lastly, rest is purposeful. Rest isn't just for the sake of it. Rest has a purpose. Rest isn't waiting. Rest is reviving. Rest gives us energy. Rest revives us. We're going to sing a song soon. Lord, send revival. Maybe God just needs to revive you. Maybe you need rest. Maybe you've got pressure in your life. Maybe you've put your own pressure in your life. Maybe you're trying to reach a bar that you've set too high for yourself. God wants to say, rest is not reading, rest is reviving. As the band will sing, Lord, send revival. Maybe that's your cry, Lord, revive me. Revive my life. I've just been running on empty. I'm bored of life. Fed up. Life's black and white. There's no color in it. Lord, revive me. Rest is planned. Rest is powerful. Rest is purposeful. And we see that in Jesus' story as well. He planned the rest. So we've seen it happen. 
It was powerful because it set up the disciples and Jesus for what they were going to do. And we see that it was purposeful because it taught them the importance of rest. How are we going to keep our bucket full? Because there's so many holes in it that rest is draining from us constantly. How can we make sure that rest, our rest bucket is full? Because rest can be planned, rest can be powerful, and rest can be purposeful. And as the band come, I want to finish with a question. What could your life look like if you were rested? What would your life look like if you found real rest? Would you be better to be around? Would your family and your friends want to actually spend time with you? Would you be happier? Would you enjoy life more? Would you be less stressed? Would you be healthier? Would your family be stronger? Would your workplace be stronger? What would your life look like if you were rested? And as Christ followers, we know that we can only find real rest in Jesus. We only find real rest in him.